This is the official radio home of Chicago Cubs baseball. Listen to Pat and Ron call opening day today. Our coverage starts at 1245. First pitch is 120 on Sports Radio 670. The score live from the Hyundai Studios presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The score. This hour is brought to you by the law offices of Jeffrey M. Leving. It's fun. I'm looking out my office window right now, looking at you know, looking at fans walking around. Obviously, they're going to come into the game, and it's a, you know, that's a little bit different. But it's so nice to see fans in the stands, and our game's not supposed to be played in an empty stadium with fake crowd noise. And I'm pretty excited to to be around people today for the first time in a long time. Yes, the being around people aspect of human existence may be starting to come back once we can get enough shots in arms. And there's going to be people in the ballpark. Here's uh, the person who can tell you everything you need to know about how this is going to be handled, what the new protocols are, and to make your life as convenient as possible. Crane Kenny, the Cubs president of business operations, joins us. He is on the Alpamani Nissan hotline, Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue at APNissan.com. Hello, Crane. Hello, Dan. How are you? Good. Happy opening day. This is, it actually feels like something close to normal. Yeah, you know, it does uh, for the first time in 18 months. Uh, Pretty exciting. We're we're, we're really pumped up. I'm actually looking out my window as, as I heard you play the clip from Jed and seeing the same scene, which is uh, it's uh, it's nourishing to see human beings again. He also want? brought up a really good question, though, because when he right. talks about the crowd noise, it's not the same capacity and percentage of a ballpark as, say, what's going on in Arizona. So is there going to be crowd noise still to supplement the crowd? How does that work? Yeah, so actually, Leila, it's a good question. We, we have um, so we have <laughs> crowd noise in the can if it's needed. So the, the crowd noise, I think, is, as you guys well know, was not really uh, to enhance the broadcast. It was really to protect the game. Uh, mm-hmm. So the crowd noise uh, that was pumped in a year ago was to protect uh, the competition on the field, to make sure the catcher uh, uh, and the hitter did not have too much information. For instance, you know, a hitter could hear a catcher moving behind him, might give him a tip, uh, might hear a first base coach talking to a runner, uh, and so the the, the real the, the league's interest in having noise uh, piped in was to, to try and protect competition on the field. We don't think that's going to be necessary with ten thousand fans, especially our fans in the ballpark. And um, you know it'll it'll vary from ballpark to ballpark. The Red Sox only have twelve percent in their place, so maybe they have to use it. Clearly, Arlington with a hundred percent will not need it. Um, so we have it at the ready. I don't think we'll need it. Um, we'll we'll be talking to Rossi during the game. If he thinks or the, any of the players think uh, they can hear too much on the field, then we'll use it. What does a fan need to know about today, about games moving forward? If somebody has some tickets coming up for, for this, this week, this month, about when to arrive, how to arrive, is there going to be staggered entrances, for what should people be prepared yeah, it's it's really a whole new uh, paradigm for people coming in, and I'd encourage everyone to go to Cubs.com before they come. And so let me, I'll try and walk you through it as quickly as I can. So to begin with, uh, your tickets will be on your phone. Uh, we don't have, we're not using paper tickets. Again, all of the things I'm about to talk about are aimed at either reducing congestion or reducing the touch points you would have with someone on our staff. 
So, um, so your tickets will not be handed to a, 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 a usher to screen them before you come in. Instead, they'll be on a phone. You will actually put your own, your phone in front of a barcode reader on your way in. Um, we've got new technology uh, to act, the magnetometers that you were used to a year ago, where you'd have to disgorge everything on your person, your phone, your keys, your your uh, wallet, and put it on a conveyor belt. That's gone away. Uh, you'll leave everything in your pockets or your purse. And you'll walk through um, this new Evolve technology. And rather than going in one at a time, you can walk in three or four abreast. So, um, again, just making it easier for a group of people to come in. When you do uh, buy tickets, your ticket will have a suggested entry time and, a, and an entry gate. So you don't get to just pick where you want to come in. Um, and the ballpark has been subdivided into 20 different zones. Think of them as 20 different neighborhoods. Each neighborhood will have a designated gate, a designated concession stand, restroom, retail opportunity, and we're asking our fans to confine themselves to those zones. And, and the goal here, um, and I should have said this from, from the start, this plan was designed over the last 10 months with the city, the state, uh, our great healthcare advisors from Advocate Aurora, as well as Northwestern, the CDC, and Major League Baseball. So we had a lot of cooks in the kitchen to come up with a plan and, and the, the 20 different neighborhoods were designed in, in our case today, we've got 10,000 coming to the park to, to create smaller groups of people rather than folks roaming the concourse wherever they want, kind of keeping yourself in, in one place. Um, so, you know, you'll pay attention to the barcode on your ticket uh, on your phone. It'll tell you where to go, which gate to enter and when to enter a suggested entry time, roughly 30 minute blocks to come in. Um, so that's, that'll be a little different. Obviously, we'll be wearing masks, and we're asking folks to keep their masks on even when they're in their seats unless they're actively eating or drinking. So a little different than restaurants where we're now lo learning, you know, you walk in with your mask, you sit down, and you can kind of take your mask off while you're sitting with your party. We're asking folks to keep their masks on. Um, you'll be sitting in groups of one, two, three, or four. So tickets were only sold as singles, doubles, triples, or, or in a four-pack. And then you'll be in a socially distant pod, you from the group next to you. So if you come in with a guest, if you and Leila come in, your twosome will be sitting uh, socially distant from a foursome, you know, maybe one row in front and to the left or right. Uh, so that'll be a little different. And then your concession experience will be different. We're asking, again, just to, to reduce the amount of time you spend in line. Um, we're asking people to use the mobile ordering uh, app, uh, which is the at bat app when you come in and there's signs all over the ballpark to tell you how to do this. In fact, there's even QR codes on the seat backs in front of you to, that you could actually scan to pull up a menu. And then when you're ordering, you know, a pretzel and two beers, you order it on your phone and then you walk up to the concession stand, scan your QR code under a reader and pick up your concessions ra rather than waiting in line, studying the menu handing over some, uh, you know, handing over your cash and then getting your concession. So, again, all aimed to reduce the amount of time you spend in line. And, Crane, we're getting some real-time data from our listeners right now, and I know this is not going to be the request information from Crane about your tickets hour, but it sounds like some third-party tickets might not have a time on them. I assume the suggestion there is to go to Cubs.com or there's some alternative yeah. where if they go, have that time to, necessary. Yeah. Yeah, go to Cubs.com. They, they and so if they have been resold through one of our secondary market partners, they should come with a, uh, it doesn't actually say a time. It'll say uh, 30 minutes before game, 15 minutes before game time. It'll, it'll have a, you know, a, a 
you know, a period of time. It, it doesn't say like 1145 noon one. Um, but th- let me, let me, I can look into it. I, I they, it, when you transfer your tickets, cause again, it's all digital cause no one got tickets, no paper tickets. Right. They still should have transferred with them the, uh, the time, uh, entry. Uh, but I can look into it. If not, go to Cubs.com. We'll have an answer. Of course, my mind is already thinking about the inventory that you've created with these neighborhoods that uh, why wouldn't we have the Gallagher neighborhood, the Wintrust neighborhood, the Budweiser neighborhood? I would think that there's uh, there might be something uh, found here. Yeah, we did not uh, use any of our corporate partner names. And, and the truth is, Dan, my great hope is that, that, that we are moving away from the neighborhoods reasonably quickly. Um, uh, and again, we, we have seen a little spike in in hospitalizations in our in our unfortunately in the testing. Um, let's hope that that's a temporary thing. Uh, the commissioner yesterday talked about full ballparks by the middle of the season. Um, the governor has set some benchmarks for us to get to a 60 percent occupancy and then 100 percent occupancy. We actually have already eclipsed the the first standard to get to 60 percent. Now you needed to have stable hospitalizations and testing rates, which we did not have. So we're not going to graduate into the 60% model yet. Um, but I'm, you know, we think these 20 neighborhoods are temporary, so we didn't spend a ton of time uh, marketing them. And I think that that's important, the idea that, that people understand that this isn't necessarily how it's going to be moving forward. It's just what teams have to do now to have some sort of fans in the ballpark safely. Yeah, and and we're, you know, you make a great point, and what we're really asking for is with the the help of our of our fans, you know. So as we continue to see more vaccinations in our city uh, and state, um, you know, we'll 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 be afforded a benefit of of more folks in the ballpark. But it also depends on you know people following the rules when we're in there. So we do hope people are thinking about more than just themselves. You know, keep your mask on, follow the rules, and if we all kind of lean in together on this, you know, we'll have a nice full ballpark here by the middle of the summer. Will mask wearing be enforced? Will somebody come over and politely say, please keep your mask on? Yeah. So we, we had, the good news is we had some experience with this in spring training. So at Sloan park, we had 25% occupancy. And so we got a little test, you know, a test run on uh, how people behave. What, what we learned uh, quite honestly is People really follow the rules in the concourse when they're coming into the ballpark, going to the concession stand, using the restroom. They're really self-conscious about keeping their masks on. There was almost no enforcement necessary in, in, in those areas where people, and I think a lot of it has to do with just the experience we all have in restaurants. What people tended to do is once they got to their seats and they're sitting with the party they came with, their, their spouse, their friends, uh, their family, uh, where they feel comfortable, they were taking their masks off and they're obviously socially distant from those around them. Maybe they're having something to eat or drink, uh, but they would take their masks on. And so we have ushers, they have little signs that say, you know, please wear a mask. We're trying to do it non-verbally because we don't want to interrupt the game flow. And so you'll see ushers coming up and down where someone's not wearing their mask, showing them the sign or maybe tugging on their mask to remind people to put them on. There was great rule following in Arizona. I was out there for a bunch of games I would I would call it 80-20 in people in terms of people wearing their mask or not. Same thing if you watched any of the games, if you saw the folks on the berm, uh, mm-hmm. the you know the grass area in the outfield, people stayed in their little spray painted pods. Um, and I think you know a year into this thing, we're all learning that we have to you know change our habits a little bit. And sometimes it's uncomfortable and inconvenient, but it's 
you know, for, for the good of everyone and, and people are doing it. And, you know, I'm sitting here today, I'm right now I'm looking out my window and literally everyone I see on the street has a mask on. So uh, we're hopeful and we'll gently enforce it. Uh, hopefully we won't have to get to the point where we expel someone um, and, uh, you know, counting on people to, to be self-conscious. Yeah, we're all on the same ultimate team is kind of the point. Uh, Crane, we saw the news about Marquee and getting the Fubo TV deal. So that's another place where people can watch it. What's the latest when it comes to the deals? And for those who also use platforms like Fubo, Hulu, that sort of thing. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's it's kind of the tradition here that right before opening day and the the pressure of, of you know an opening day uh, usually brings parties together, and it and it did in this case with Fubo. So we, we now have two streaming options. Um, AT and T TV is the first, and it's been with us since we launched Marquee as one option for those who cut the cord. Uh, and now Fubo, which is the either number three or four, depending on which market you're in, in terms of streaming options. We're still working on YouTube and Hulu. Those are the two big streaming uh, partners uh, and Dish, which is the one, you know, we'll call MVPD or the satellite business that that doesn't carry marquee and, in fact, doesn't carry any of the RSNs around the country. So still at work there. Um, You know, the Fubo deal, uh, a two-year deal, uh, it's a a really nice win for all of our fans who, you know, use that service. Um, They're uh, they're really good partners. Uh, It was really... There's a number of technical issues that we had to deal with uh, before we could get them up and running. So it'll be probably into the second homestand probably before we we get them fully carried throughout the territory. I think some homes in Chicago will see, some Fubo homes will see games maybe even as soon as the first road trip. But before we get the whole thing done, it'll probably be second homestand. Anyway, but good, good for everyone. And you know, Marquee, as you, as you saw last year, got off to a, a great start. Ratings were up across all the demos. Um, really, really happy to have Boog join us this year. It was tough to lose Len, but, um, you know, getting a national caliber, uh, personality like Boog to come on board. And then obviously we'll fill in around Boog with, um, with Beth and, uh, and actually have Pat Hughes come over and do some games. So, uh, I think a, a good second year for Marquee coming. And speaking of Pat Hughes, his regular radio call with Ron Coomer and Zach Zaidman is going to be heard now, digitally delivered on our newly named Odyssey app. And uh, that's going to be nice for everybody wherever they are with just the touch of an app to have the radio call. Yeah, great. Great to have our, seems like every year he wins the uh, the Illinois Broadcaster of the Year Award. Um, and there's, I mean, literally no better voice uh for, for a game than to hear Pat call one. And yeah, so your, your new, uh, your launch actually will help our, our, our listeners all over the country, uh, bring Pat to their living room or their car or wherever they're listening. And that's just, uh, another win. And then we just want to say, Crane, this is also a time for you to, uh, have a message to the fans. It's a relationship here. So is there anything else that you want to let fans know about before we get underway in just about two hours? Yeah, I think you know if the, there is a there's you know there there are some silver linings I think with with what's happened with COVID. Um, you know, I think people have spent more time with family. You can you can, if you look hard, you can find something good that's come out of this. Um, today, we're going to be celebrating our our healthcare heroes, uh, and so we're going to have on the first pitch. Um, we've got uh, actually you will see one place where they aren't socially distant, so the bleachers will be full today. Um, because advocate healthcare workers are going to be in the bleachers 
They've all been double vaccinated, so they're uh, immune, protected from uh, coronavirus. And so we'll have a ton of folks out there enjoying themselves. And then they'll do the seventh inning stretch. And I, um, you know, we've all become minor experts in in immunology. And, you know, I sit on a call every Wednesday with our two experts, as well as members of the uh, Department of Public Health from the city. And what they've done in this last year um, for our benefit, whether it was in the testing phase, delivering other healthcare services during the pandemic and now in vaccination uh, is more than deserving of the tribute today. And so we're really proud to recognize our healthcare workers. Um, and you'll see that happen on the field uh, today. So there's a silver lining there in, in that in that we are able to pay tribute. And then the second part I, you know, I'm really looking forward to is seeing our game day staff, you know, um, we have a thousand people that work each each home game. We haven't seen them in 18 months, um, wow. and it's really been devastating to them from an employment perspective. So, bringing fans back not only bring these cherished moments to the to the fans, it brings jobs back to our city. Uh, it brings adrenaline back to our players. You know, last year hearing from them throughout uh, the year about how different it was to play without fans, um, and then obviously it brings financial health to our organization. So. Um, our fans mean everything to us. Um, we are nothing without them. And so, you know, we welcome them back. We welcome our healthcare heroes back and we welcome our game day staff back. So nice to have the family all in one place again and uh, looking for some exciting uh, games this season. And as we let you go, we have uh, fans weighing in here asking about your partnership with DraftKings and the plan to have some active uh, gaming kiosks available. How close are we to having some of that online? Uh, it's a great question. Um, so we're, we're we're close. So we did form a partnership with DraftKings last year. They'll be the official sports betting partner for the club. And I think as you, if you remember that announcement, we also announced that we'll be opening a sports book here at Wrigley Field in 2022. So we're we're in the design phase. Um, you'll see that building going up during the year. It's going to be at the corner of Sheffield and Addison, uh, where the old DraftKings club was. Um, on that corner where the uh, Ron Santo and Billy Williams statues are. Uh, and so you'll see construction beginning there. You won't see con- uh, kiosks in the concourse this year. Uh, obviously, online betting is is active, and we encourage everyone to go to DraftKings to place a wager if that's, if that's something you're uh, interested in. Um, but, yeah, so throughout the year you'll see another construction project happening out, at, out here at Wrigley Field, and it'll be the new sportsbook. Crane, thanks so much for the time, and uh, happy baseball. Good luck and good health. Yeah, same to you both. Thanks. Come, come see us soon.